Welcome to the Concordia Publishing House podcast, where we consider everything in the light of Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm your host, Elizabeth Pittman. Peter Reske returns to the podcast today. As we, as we chat with Peter, we're going to dive into hymns that discuss baptism, and Peter will walk us through a variety of themes that are found in baptism hymns, and then we'll take a deep dive into two hymns in particular. Before we jump into our conversation with Peter, I'd like to thank our friends at the LCMS Foundation for their support of the podcast. Imagine a future where your God-given gifts continue to benefit your family and faith after you're called home to heaven. The LCMS Foundation can help you create a gift plan so that your assets, things like your retirement accounts, home or land, will leave a lasting impact on the people you love and on the ministries that you care about the most. Visit lcmsfoundation.org to learn more about how you can create your own gift plan. Now on to our conversation with Peter. Peter, welcome back to the podcast. Elizabeth, it's great to be here again. Oh, it's so formal. Um, <laughs> I have to say, it's always fun having you on, on the podcast, although you're lucky I trust you because I never know <laughs> what you're going to spring on me. The only thing I know today is that we're talking broadly about baptismal hymns. That's right. So for, for my sake and for the sake of our listeners, tell us where we're going to go today. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about like baptism themes mm -hmm. and where we can find those in some hymns. So we're going to jump around really fast through a bunch of hymns, you know, finding themes. Then we will slow down and talk about two specific hymns one of which isn't even really a baptism hymn. I knew there was going to be a hymn that was not in the baptism yeah. section. You, that much I figured out from our conversations about hymnody. So, all right. So we're going to start with some themes. Where are we going to start? Well, we'll start where I usually start, and that's with, like, statistics and numbers. I love okay. data. Um, as Lutherans, we have a very high view of baptism. It's... Um, it, it permeates our theology. Uh, maybe, you know, speaking in baptism terms, I can say it saturates our theology. Um, I think this episode is going to be dripping with lots of the content right. and yeah. statistics and stories. And, and um, as we're recording this, St. Louis is, you know, where we're located is under one of our biggest floods in, in years. So. Yeah, we have, we have been washed clean. Yes, we have, we have water on the mind. <laughs> Um, so my question then is, if Lutherans have such a high view of, of baptism, does this play out in our hymnody? So I went back and looked at our hymnals, our, our Missouri Synod hymnals, looking just at the section in the hymnal labeled holy baptism or baptism. And we understand you will find baptism themes across all of the hymns. You'll, fi you'll find them in in the Advent and Christmas hymns, you'll, you'll find them in um, justification hymns, in in praise hymns, wherever you, you you'll, you'll find those things everywhere. But just just those sections where we said these are hymns on holy baptism in our in our one and only German language hymnal, there were six. Okay, there were mm -hmm. six hymns in the baptism section. In the Lutheran hymnal, TLH, from 1941, there were six, okay? In Lutheran worship, 
from 1982. Can you guess how many there were? Six. There were six. I think this is just a coincidence, but it's kind of interesting. We're consistent, if nothing else. That's right. And how many are in Lutheran Service Book? More than six. Fewer than six. It's four. Really? Yeah. But, 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 but. Um, let's, let's remember. Oh, okay. So when I looked at the hymnal, I was thinking of the holy baptism and then the baptismal life section. Yeah. So that's where I got confused. Okay. Yes. And that, and I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's, that's the happy news that comes with only four. So in, in the German hymnal, there was a section that they called catechism hymns, and then they were broken down in there. And under holy baptism, there were six. In the Lutheran hymnal, there were six. Then there's a topical index where you could go, and then they list 20 more, 20 more hymns that are categorized in other places, but that would fit uh, under the, the themes of baptism, let's say. Lutheran worship had six. In that topical index, it, it suggested one more, only one more. And with Lutheran service book, in the section, strictly speaking, called Holy Baptism. There are only four. But what Lutheran Service Book did that none of our previous hymnals had done was add a section with it called Baptismal Life. And there are, oh, how many are in there? Like 17 or something? I, I'll take your word no, for it. I can count real quick. There are 12. 12. There are 12. And then the topical index, again, lists more. Anyway, um, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like there are 16 in LSB, in either baptism or baptismal life. Um, and, and what does baptismal life mean? In the, in the course of the life of a congregation, um, you may be having baptisms like on a Sunday where you might want to sing one of those holy baptism hymns. You, you, might, you might be having those, I don't know, maybe every week. You, you, I mean, that, that would be mm -hmm. fantastic if you're having baptisms. That would be great. Yeah, or maybe only once a month in, in some smaller parishes or older parishes, maybe once a year or maybe, maybe less often. Um, so we didn't want, and I think I'm, I'm kind of speaking on behalf of the hymnody committee. I, I think they wanted these hymns to be sung and didn't want to just limit them to those times when there was a baptism. And... Um, the, the, theme, the themes of baptism, one of them is that the old Adam is drowned by daily contrition and repentance, and a new man daily emerges. I'm using language straight from the small catechism here. And so that baptismal life, every morning, we are remembering our baptism. Every night when we, we go to sleep, we are living our lives, walking around as baptized children of God. It is, it is how we are named. It is how we are identified. It is how we live. And so this baptismal life section is really great because um, it, it groups them all together, identifies those things. But in terms of choosing hymns for the service, let's say, um, it doesn't kind of give you any clues of where you have to put it. It's not like mm -hmm. Advent where you think, I should really use this during Advent. Baptismal life, you, you can really be using at any time. Um, so... Um, yeah, so there are 12 in baptismal baptismal life, four in holy baptism, making 16. And let's not forget that there are a, um, one, two, three hymns 
that are grouped at the end of the Epiphany section that are really specifically for the baptism of our Lord. So those three hymns, there's four, but one of one of them has the same text used with two different tunes. But those are also really, really great uh, baptism hymns. Okay, so what are some of the themes? So we, we've established that, yes, numerically, I think uh, the hymnal does demonstrate that Lutherans, uh, it's, it supports the notion that Lutherans hold a high view of baptism. What are some of those baptism themes? Like I said before, let's just go straight to Luther's small catechism. Um, in baptism, we are baptized in the triune name of God. And that name is now put on us. I've heard it said things like, um, um, you, you have your family name, your, your last name, your surname. Mm -hmm. But in baptism, your your family name is Christian. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I, 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 I like things like that. Um, and, and specifically, the, the, the triune name. This is how we are supposed to baptize, and this uh, this sets sets our baptism apart from from many others. Um, other things from the catechism, just kind of running right in order, we have the water and the word. That's a theme. Um, baptizing with teaching, that is a theme. And the good news is is that Lutheran hymns are notoriously, and I use that word on purpose, are notoriously didactic. Um, sometimes people from other traditions will say, oh, man, Lutherans, your hymns, you know, it's 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 just teaching so much. There's so much there. Yep, there sure is. This is mm -hmm. how we do it. <laughs> um, so that baptizing and teaching, you, you the, especially the teaching, you'll find in many, many of our hymns. Um, and then continuing on with the themes, what are the benefits? Forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and salvation. Um, baptism is a life-giving water. Baptism is the washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. Uh, we mentioned the old Adam is drowned daily by contrition and repentance, and the new man daily emerges. So if you just look for themes like that, you could start at the front of the hymnal and work all your way through and, and find themes like that throughout. Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus mostly on hymns in holy baptism and the baptismal life section but um you know let's dive in oh yes all right let's dive in i'm ready to take the plunge right so how about the, the triune name i mentioned i mentioned that in lutheran worship there are six hymns in the baptism section and the topical index listed one more that one more hymn it listed is I bind unto myself today. I bind unto myself today. It's LSB 604. If you have your hymnal listeners, grab it and a pencil because Peter's yep. gives a lot of fun things to mark up your hymnal list. Yep. So 604, I bind unto myself today. And you have it right there, right there in, in stanza one. I bind unto myself today, the strong name of the Trinity. By invocation of the same, the three and one and one and three. And that comes again in stanza five. Um, also in this hymn, in what is it, stanza two. Yeah, I bind this day to me forever by power of faith, Christ's incarnation, his baptism in the Jordan River, his cross of death for my salvation. So there, another reference to the baptism of our Lord, his baptism, obviously closely connected with ours. Um, 
So like I said, we'll move quickly. Let's look at another one where we get um, being baptized into the triune name. Let's go to number 590, 590, baptized into your name most holy. Um, this is a very famous one sung at many, many baptisms. It's the first one in our baptism section. And um, originally in German, this hymn had more stanzas, and I think it was more intended like a confirmation hymn. Um, but the stanzas that we that we are left with here and the, the themes we're reduced to um, make, make a really fine uh, baptism hymn. So let's look at um, stanzas one and two. And remember, the theme is the triune name. Baptized into your name most holy, O Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Right there, first two lines. Mm -hmm. Um, couldn't be more clear. I claim a place, though weak and lowly, among your saints, your chosen host. Buried with Christ and dead to sin, your spirit now shall live within. Um, buried with Christ, um, from language from St. Paul, but that's also that old Adam is dead. Um, how about stanza two? We go through and um, work through each person of the Trinity one by one. My loving Father. Here you take me to be henceforth your child and heir. My faithful Savior, we're with the Son now. Here you make me the fruit of all your sorrows share. And then, O Holy Spirit, comfort me when threatening clouds around I see. So we see those themes there. All right, how about another theme? Moving quickly, another theme, the water and the word. Water and the word. Um, let's go to 591. The next hymn, this is the Spirit's entry now. This is a newer baptism hymn. Um, this is from the 1970s. And um, look at stanza one, see if we can find water and the word. This is the Spirit's entry now, the water and the word. The cross of Jesus on your brow, the seal both felt and heard. Uh, this, is a, this is a really lovely baptism hymn. And I don't know, but I have a feeling it's not sung as as, as frequently as it should be. Um, you know, if, if you're singing Baptized into Your Name Most Holy and not, this is the Spirit's Entry Now, I can't complain. But mm -hmm. this is the Spirit's Entry Now. It's a very fine hymn, and it, it's, 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 it's worth taking a look. Um, how about 593? See this wonder in the making. This is an even more recent baptism hymn. This one's by Yaroslav Vida, the great LCMS hymn writer. Um, I, th I think as the story goes, he recognized that the hymn Children of the Heavenly Father, which is really lovely, um, he recognized that that was being used at baptisms, and that was fine, but he wanted a, a, a really touching, lovely hymn, maybe even one that goes with the same tune as this one mm -hmm. does, but one that digs a little more deeply into the rich baptismal theology that we have as Lutherans. So we look at, um, look at stanza four. Here we bring a child of nature, home we take a newborn creature. Um, it's kind of like I was saying before, when you, when you come to the font, you know, your last name is Rest mm -hmm. or Pittman or whatever. And when you come away, your, your new family name is Christian. It's the same kind of thing. Here we bring a child of nature. Here we take a newborn creature. Now God's precious son or daughter born again by word and water. It's a lovely stanza. It, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, 
All right, how about another theme? How about the washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit and 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 the old Adam? We kind of see these things together. Let's go to 592. One one hymn back. Dearest Jesus, we are here. Um again, this one in the German, I think was kind of aimed at the baptismal sponsors. Um, but of course the sponsors can sing it, the parents can sing it, the whole congregation can sing it. And I and uh, I hope they do. Um Look at stanza two. Again, we're, we're looking for the washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit and the old Adam. Stanza two, your command is clear and plain, and we would obey it duly. You must all be born again, heart and life renewing truly, born of water and the spirit, and my kingdom thus inherit. There is that command with the, with the water, the word together. Um, uh, very, very much um, sh showing that theme. Um, how about 596? 596, all Christians who have been baptized. This hymn is new to Lutheran service book, but I bet it's one that people feel like they've known forever. Or if they didn't look down at the credits and see that it's new, they would just kind of guess, sure, it's always been there. We've always been singing mm -hmm. That's for a couple of reasons. One is the tune that it's paired with. This is uh, one of those Luther, Luther tunes that goes with Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice. So we sing it and it feels familiar. We didn't have to learn a new tune. The other reason is this is a hymn by Paul Gerhardt. It's Paul Gerhardt's only hymn that was specifically about baptism. And there, I think there were at least some partial English translations but for Lutheran service, both John Geeker prepared this complete translation. And so the combination of Gerhardt's, our, our, familiar, our familiarity with Gerhardt and his language, and John, John Geeker's very fine translation paired with a familiar tune makes it feel like, haven't we always been singing mm -hmm. at baptisms? Um, I think also um, maybe in their minds, people also get it confused with 601, LSB 601, which is all who believe and are baptized, which also goes with one of those Luther era hymns, the one for salvation unto us has come. And in fact, these two hymns, 596 and 601, you could sing them to either tune. So I, I, I think there's echoes of that one and kind of like, didn't, didn't, we, already, didn't we already have this one? But... Um, 596, this, the, this new Paul Gerhardt translation, this one is just rich top to bottom with, with, our, with our baptismal theology. Um, but in terms of the washing of, washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit and the old Adam, let's look specifically at stanzas three and four. So stanza three, but all of that was washed away, immersed and drowned forever. The water of your baptism day restored again whatever old Adam and his sin destroyed and all our sinful selves employed according to our nature. It sounds like the catechism, but the language in, in very Gerhardt form and, and in, in this fine translation um, makes it vivid, immersed, and drowned. Um, it it, it, um, it uh, really brings the language, really brings it to life. And stanza four, in baptism, we now put on Christ, 
our shame is fully covered with all that he once sacrificed and freely for us suffered. For here the flood of his own blood now makes us holy, right, and good before our Heavenly Father. That stanza just in and of itself is a beautiful uh, encapsulation uh, of, of, of this of our need for our, our need for a savior and, and, and what, what our savior did. Gerhard does a, just a beautiful job yeah. with it, with his writing. It's, it's, you can't help but walk away being moved by the language. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. So how about one more theme before, before we look at a couple specific hymns, one more theme. And this one, um, this one doesn't come from the catechism at least not the catechism section on um, holy baptism. And the theme I have here, as I've called it, is father and children. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe in the catechism, you could find that in the part on the Lord's Prayer. Um, but we see it a lot in our baptism hymns. Uh, we see it a lot in, in all of the hymns across the hymn but this loving father and us as his children. So like, like I mentioned before, in the context of see this wonder in the making, that mm -hmm. other hymn, children of the heavenly father. Um, let's, let's look back at that hymn again, 593, see this wonder in the making. Here's stanza three, far more tender than a mother, far more caring than a father. God, into your arms we place him, her, them, with your love and peace embrace them. Um, I think sometimes people, I think sometimes people will have difficulty with some hymns that talk about, talk about God as our loving father, if they have not known a human father who was loving, mm -hmm. or worse, if, if, if they knew, had a human father who was hurtful or violent or abusive. Um, and I think here Vida reminds us that far more loving than a, than a human mother or father, we have the perfect tender father in, in God who embraces us as his children. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely thing. And then of Absolutely course, is. Um, uh, with father and children, uh, we can't forget number 605, Father Welcomes. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's right there in, in the refrain, Father welcomes all his children to his family through his son. Father giving his salvation, life forever has been won. And this hymn, you can read about it in the Lutheran Service Book Companion to the Hymns. You can read the story that the hymn writer wrote it um, right, right after the birth of his own daughter. Um, and, and very much had the catechism in mind. So those are some of the themes. And I, and I, and I encourage your, your listeners to uh, take, take their hymnal and see, see if you can find more or as part of your daily devotions or even on Sunday as you're singing hymns, see if those things kind of catch your eye or, you know, words like words like water and the word or, um, the, the triune name, of course, or old Adam, things, things like that turn up all, all, all over our hymns. I'm surprised you didn't do a word search. Like of the pull, pull out those. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have. Yeah. No, it's, it's, well, and we've talked about this before, but it's good to be intentional when we're singing the hymns and not just 
sing good, sing them just to sing them, but to think yeah. about the words that we're singing and meditate on those. And um, it was a church on Sunday and well, my dad was preaching and he told people that a pet peeve of his is recycling the bulletins. He's like, take that home and use it as a devotional yeah. tool, which is a great thing that you can do to, to go back to the hymns that were sung on Sunday and yeah. to think about them and look for these themes as well as to meditate on the verses that were, were read. So save your bulletins. Yeah. Sa- sa- yeah. Save your bulletins, study them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we've, we've, we've had our, our warm up with the themes. Right. Now we're going into the deep end with with yeah, a couple of hymns, correct? <laughs> you started it. I started it, right? <laughs> you started it. <laughs> so yeah, we'll go into the deep end with a hymn that isn't on the surface. Um, <laughs> isn't on the surface a baptism <laughs> hymn? Let's go to "Let Us Ever Walk with Jesus." That's number six eighty-five. Six eighty-five. Let us ever walk with Jesus. This is in the sanctification section in LSB, and I think I think that's a good place for it. Um, our topical index is in LSB. Do rec, rec, uh, recognize this as a baptismal life hymn as well. Um, so, a little bit about the background of this hymn. It was originally written in German by Sigismund von Birken. Um, it was published in sixteen fifty-three. In a collection, this book was a collection of sermons and hymns for Holy Week, and specifically for Holy Thursday, Maundy Thursday, and Good Friday. And this particular hymn was uh, written in connection with Jesus' passion. Um, So you will definitely see themes in here about Jesus' suffering and our suffering. Um, And so... You know, maybe on Good Friday, you would want to sing this one. I don't know. We have a rich body of of Holy Week hymns already. But maybe in your, again, in your personal devotions during Holy Week, you might go back and, and look at this hymn again. Anyway, oh, it's interesting. Sigismund von Birken, um, he wrote a, a lot of hymns and poems. I mean, a lot. But only two of them, only two are still in Lutheran service book in our hymnal. And the other one is Jesus, I Will Ponder Now, which is also a passion hymn. So it's kind of interesting that the two that we still have now are both technically passion hymns. I found that interesting. Um, let's talk about the English translation. I find I find this really, really interesting. This 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 story is interesting. So this this hymn was in German in our in our synod's German hymnal. And uh, a Lutheran pastor in Indiana, his name was J. J. Adam Rimbach. Um, he was in Indiana, and he went to the district convention meeting, whatever it was. I don't think it was called the Indiana District then. Um, I think there were, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. But anyway, at the convention, he learned this hymn, sang, sang this hymn in German. And I don't know why he hadn't been familiar with it before, but um, he, he really liked this hymn. And brought it home to his his congregation in in Indiana. Now, something you should know about Pastor Rimbach, um, he was pastor in the, like, say, the first 25, 30 years of the 20th century. And in in American Lutheranism, this was a a seminal time because Mm -hmm. of the transition from German to English. 
And some of this transition had already been happening in the late 19th century and early 20th century because um, the, 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 the founding families of our Lutheran churches who had come over from Germany spoke German, but as always happens, their children maybe still speak German, but are learning English. And then by the time of their grandchildren, there's, they probably speak almost no German. This was already happening. And then of course, World War One in the 19 teens hastened this. Mm-hmm. And by the time of World War Two, it was pr- pretty much sealed. I don't mean I don't mean nobody spoke in German anymore, or nobody had German services occasionally. But the the, the transition was basically done. And as it turned out, Pastor Rimbach was was fluent in German and English, and was a really good translator. Um, I th- I think we know of two hymns, only two hymns that he translated this one and one other one that's not an LSB, but he translated other things like theological works. And he kind of made his career as being a pastor who was good at helping congregations transition from German to English. Um, So he served parishes in like Indiana, Kentucky, and then in Oregon um, where there probably wasn't as much German to begin with. Uh, In any case, he brought this hymn back in German and um, his wife taught it to the school children and the school children were singing it. And then the congregation learned it. And at some point, Pastor Rimbach realized that um, the kids and even the adults don't really know what they're saying. They didn't really know German anymore. And they were just kind of parroting it that mm-hmm. they basically had learned it by rote and were so he thought this needs this needs a good English translation. So he did. He he translated it, and that's uh, more or less the version we we still sing. Um, at 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 some point at some point in his career, I don't know exactly when. Um, and like I said, Pastor Rimbach was constantly helping his congregations move from German to English. Um, one of his parishioners told him um, in German, this person said to him, Im Himmel wird nur Deutsch gesprochen. And that means in heaven, only German will be spoken. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Oh my! However, um, I, I think a faithful pastor to his English parishioners, as he was, he still yes. provided us this this absolutely lovely English translation. So, um, let's keeping all of the baptismal themes in mind. Let's look at the overall form of the poetry here. So we have four stanzas. And they each start with um, us doing something with Jesus. So in the first stanza, we walk with Jesus. In the second stanza, we suffer with Jesus. In the third stanza, we die with Jesus. Um, and die with Jesus should immediately make us think mm-hmm. of baptism. And then in the fourth stanza, we also live with Jesus. So in, in order, again... We walk, we suffer, we die, and we live. And I really like the sequence of those, um, having 
die and then live rather than live and then die. Yes, very often we, you know, we, we think of our lives in, in terms of like a trajectory or a timeline. And the end of our earthly life is that death. Yes, but we live, we live forever. We live, live eternally. And I think here, um, our, our, our current earthly life is probably stanza one, our walk with Jesus and stanza four that live with Jesus is, I think is, is looking more towards, um, life eternal. Anyway, continuing to look at the form with those four things, almost all of the stanzas are addressed like, like kind of addressed to each other. So not a prayer to God. So we say, let us ever walk with Jesus, follow his example. And then at the end of that stanza, um, uh, the last sentence, the last full sentence in that stanza, it does switch to a prayer there. Faithful Lord, with me abide, I shall follow where you guide. And this formula is followed more or less closely throughout each of the stanzas. Let us, so stanza two, let us suffer with Jesus, and then it goes on. And then at the end of that stanza, at the end of stanza two, it switches to a prayer. Jesus, here I share your woe. Help me bear your joy to know. In stanza three, um, let us gladly die with Jesus. And then at the end of that stanza switches to the prayer. Jesus, here with you I die, there to live with you on high. And stanza four makes the switch a little earlier. Uh, let us also live with Jesus. He has risen from the dead, that to life we may awaken, period. And then we switch to the prayer here. Jesus, you are now our head. The grammar of that gets a little bit disguised because of the tune. Because we sing, sing these phrases kind of in pairs. Let us also live with Jesus. He has risen from the dead. And then we take a breath. That to life we may awaken. Jesus, you are now our head. Then we take a breath. But the thought changes in the middle of that second phrase. That to life we may awaken. Period. And, and we switch. Jesus, you are now our head. We are your own living members. And then it, it, it continues with that, that, that prayer ad addressed to Jesus. The other neat thing uh, that the poet does and that Pastor Rimbach does in his translation is connects, connects the end of each stanza with the beginning of the following stanza. And again, it's, it's not followed super strictly, but it's, it's there. So, at the beginning of stanza one, we are walking with Jesus, following his example pure. At the end of that same stanza, I shall follow. So, so we are, we, you know, we're still following. I shall follow where you guide. Where does he guide? It leads us to stanza two. It leads us, following Jesus means suffering. We will suffer in, in this life because of him and because of his name. Because our name has been joined to that of the Trinity, we will suffer in this life. And so stanza two has that suffering. Let us suffer here with Jesus and with patience bear our cross. Um, joy will follow all our sadness. Where he is, there is no loss. Um, th these next lines I really, really like. I really like them in English. Though today we sow no laughter, we shall reap celestial joy. Um, we sow no laughter. Um, it, I think it sings well in English. Mm -hmm. But we shall reap celestial joy. All discomforts that annoy shall give way to mirth hereafter. 
then we're at the end of the stanza again, and we have the prayer, Jesus, here I share your woe. Help me there, your joy to know. And that, so again, at the beginning of the stanza, um, we are suffering with Jesus, with patience, we're, we're, we're bearing our cross. At the end, it echoes that we are sharing his woe. And then we get catapulted to stanza three, help me there your joy to know. And what is that joy? That joy is gladly dying with Jesus. That's baptismal life. Um, and, and, and then the, the hymn writer walks us through it. Since by death he conquered death, he will free us from destruction. Give to us immortal breath. Let us mortify all passion that would lead us into sin. And the grave that shuts us in shall prove gate to heaven. The grave is closed. It closes on us, closes on our mortal bodies temporarily. But that grave is a gate. It is an open mm -hmm. gate to heaven. And we come to the end of that stanza, Jesus, here with you I die. So again, at the beginning of that stanza, we get the echo, let us gladly die with Jesus. And we say, Jesus, here with you I die, there to live with you on high. And um, couldn't, be, couldn't be more plain, catapulting us to stanza four, there to live with you on high. So stanza four, let us also live with Jesus. He has risen from the dead, that to life we we may awaken. Jesus, you are now our head. We are your own living members. Where you live, there we shall be. In your presence constantly, living there with you forever. Jesus, let me faithful be. Life eternal grant to me. And I think at the end of this stanza, it also kind of catapults or hooks back around to stanza one. Yes, we're saying it's it's definitely, we're talking about life eternal, but it's let me faithful be. And let me faithful be is is like all the other stanzas talking about the beginning of this one, let us also live with Jesus, but it's also sending us back around to let us ever walk with Jesus. Um, it, makes, it makes me think a little bit like, um, like the church year. The, the church year we have like, a weekly, you know, like a weekly pattern and sequence and a monthly and seasonal, and it goes around in the year and it repeats. And this one, in this hymn, we, we have a similar kind of thing, this this ongoing repeating cycle. It's a, it's a daily thing. We are daily living and walking and dying and suffering and living and dying and doing it gladly. And there is joy. And though we sow no laughter, we reap celestial joy. And it happens again and again. And living that baptismal life, we, we do it in, in, in the cycle like that year after year, but month after month and week after week, but also day after day and sometimes hour by hour. Um, anyway, so this is the non-baptism hymn that I thought would be really fun to talk about in the context of baptism hymns. But it, it I mean, we talked at the beginning about, you know, the old Adam is drowned daily and you just gave a beautiful example of how the hymn shows us that yeah. in our daily life. Yeah. So yeah. good choice. Well, thank you. <laughs> Glad you trusted me. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk about one more. And this one, this one's much more obvious. Um, I hope, I hope a lot of people when they saw the title and clicked on it thought, I hope he talks about this hymn. 
I think I know what you're going to say. Okay. I hope I I hope I'm right. Right. It's five ninety four. God's own child. I gladly say it. I was. Um. I was hopeful. So your trust paid off. It, it did. You have not led me wrong yet. Yes. Yeah, so LSB five nine four. God's own child. I gladly say it. This hymn. Um. This hymn is really really popular. Mm-hmm. And I, I am I am so glad about that. This this hymn is sung at baptisms. It's sung year round. It is sung at funerals, which I think is absolutely fantastic. All of the things we've been saying about baptism, one hundred percent apply to funerals. Any one of these baptism hymns we've talked about, or baptismal life hymns, can and should be sung at funerals, and and this one not least among them. Well, it has such a fun melody. Doesn't I mean. It? It's- the, the words convey a wonderful message, but but the melody, it's just so happy and lilting, and it just drives home the joy that we have. It really does. It really, it just, you can't help but kind of grin while you're singing it or thinking about it. Yeah. And it's very catchy, which if you're going to have something stuck in your head, this is not a bad hymn to have there. That's right. What a great, what a great thing to, to walk away humming. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the tune. We'll come to that in a second. Um. <laughs> Let's consider the text first, or at least the, the background of the text. Uh, the text was written in German by Erdmann Neumeister, um, Lutheran pastor who, as a, um, as a poet and as a hymn writer, is really known for contributing to the cantata form. So s- some of your listeners, if, if they're really into Johann Sebastian Bach, they may know some of his cantatas. And Erdmann Neumeister wrote some of the texts for Bach box cantatas. Um, also, he also wrote a lot of hymns, including this one. And interestingly, uh, this hymn in its original in publication was intended specifically to be sung on the fourth Sunday in Advent. Cool, right? It is. Yeah. Um, so you should sing, sing it on the fourth Sunday in Advent, sing it at baptism, sing it, sing it all the time. Um, the, you, you mentioned the tune. Uh, this this hymn is is still sung in Germany today in German, of course, to a totally different tune. Totally different tune. Interesting, right? It is. Um, also, is it as happy of a tune? Well, okay. So I'm <laughs> a, a, as a musician, as a mu- as a musicologist, I'm not going to put labels You're like that. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no. <laughs> it is, no, it, the, the characters of the tune, the, the tunes are very different. And, and, and there's a third tune. So um, this hymn in German was not in, in our Missouri Synod tradition. In fact, I don't think, I'm, I'm not 100% certain, but I don't think it had really, really been in any American Lutheran German speaking tradition. Like we, we weren't, we weren't singing well, it this, at all in German. It, it's. It was not in our hymnals prior to LSB, correct? It was. Or am I imagining that? It, it was not in, in a, a hymnal, but it did appear first in the hymnal supplement, 98. But but okay. yeah, you're right. It was not in TLH. It was not in LW. It wasn't in the Lutheran hymnal. It wasn't in Lutheran worship. And it wasn't in our German hymnal. Um, in the er, early 1990s, what does it say? 1991? Yeah. 1991, Pastor Robert Felker translated it into English. And his English translation is so good 
it is so, so, so good. Especially if you, if you look at the German, it's a really faithful translation. And his, his, his English translation marvelously brings it to life the, 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 way, the way the German has it. Um, Pastor Felker's translation in English was first published in 1996 in the Evangelical Lutheran Hymnal. And in that hymnal, it's with another tune. Again, not this one and not the one that they currently use in Germany, although I'm speaking in, in pr pretty, pretty broad terms. The point is, we we're kind of talking about three tunes. And I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that one is happier or more joyful or whatever. I'm, I'm not saying that. And I'm also not saying like one is better or worse, but it's a good it's a good um, example of how a tune will emphasize different things about a text. Mm -hmm. So the other tunes are more majestic and more regal. And I've sung I've sung this hymn with those tunes, and it works and it emphasizes mm -hmm. different things. But what we have here is a really joyful a really, really joyful, um, let's say, interpretation of the text. Now, the story of this tune is also interesting. Um, as the story goes, when the committee was working on Hymnal Supplement 98, they knew, they knew of the English translation. They really liked it, but I'm not sure that they were sold on any of the other tunes. And Joseph Hurl, Joseph Hurl is one of my co-editors on the the Lutheran Service Book Companion to the Hymns. He was on that committee. And at some point in his research or something, I don't know exactly how the story goes, he had come across this tune in its original publication. Keep in mind, this tune in its original publication was not paired with this text. This tune went with a, a completely different text. And um, this, this tune was in this 18th, sec 18th century collection. It was a collection first published in 1727. And the composer is a, a Swiss composer. His name is Johann Kaspar Bachofen. You can, if you're looking at your hymnal, you can see it. Mm -hmm. Bachofen. Um, he he published, published this collection of, um, the, the, they're basically like hymns, but they were set mostly in three voices. Um, and it was really designed for music making at home. So people getting together and singing things. And this book was really, really popular and it got reprinted numerous times, like well after his lifetime, his book was reprinted numerous times. And in fact, um, getting together to sing these hymns, to sing these songs, let's say, to getting together at home or in groups to sing these things from these books continued for several generations. They even got named after him. So Bachofen, getting together to sing Bachofen stuff was called a Bach, Bachofella. So yeah, you would get together and s sing this guy's stuff. Yeah, I just saw it. There it is. That's the tune. Yeah. Yep. And that's its tune name. Um, but like I said, this text, God's Own Child, I gladly say it, was never paired, was never hmm. paired with this tune. And after, you know, after a couple generations or however long it was, um, after getting together to sing from Bachofen's books, after the popularity of that had died out, 
um, this tune anyway had kind of been forgotten to time. Um, as far as we know, it, it was only ever published in its original publications or reprints of those. The next time it was published was in 1998, in hymnal wow. 98. Yeah, as, as far as we know. So anyway, um, Joe Hurl had, had come across this tune and suggested to the committee, I think these would, I think this tune, with a little bit of tweaking, I think this tune would go really well with this text. And this brings, it, brings us back around to your point. What a joyful tune. It is a dancing tune. It is a happy mm -hmm. tune. It moves along quickly and you're coming along for the ride and it's just fun. But it also, the way it interprets the text, there's life and death stuff that we are singing about in this text, but we're doing it with big grins on our faces. We don't have to fear sin. We don't have to fear death. We, we address Satan directly and say, we're not afraid. I don't have to be afraid. I am baptized into Christ. And we say it with a musical smile the, the whole way. Yeah, I, I, I think this is the best text, the, the, the best tune paired with this text. Um, well, I, I, I like the, we're, we're joyful when we're saying this. We have no fear. We, we don't need to fear. And the tune just helps. It's all good. Bring it on. Yeah. Like, like we've been baptized. You know, Satan, you've got nothing on us. Yeah. One of the things that was common in, um, in, in um, baptism hymns, in much, much older baptism hymns. Um, and remember that they were usually being sung at an infant baptism or connected with an infant baptism. Um, one of the things that you will find in some of those in, in some of those hymns is the recognition that this child is mortal. Um, and I think it was, if, if not an overt, at least kind of a tacit acknowledgement that infant mortality was high. Um, and people are a little uncomfortable with that now, you know, because you want to be happy and the, you know, you're, you're you know, the baby's there and all scrubbed clean and grandpa and grandma and everybody's happy and they got the video camera and everything. You don't want to think that this child may die, but just like the rest of us, we're all mm -hmm. going to die um, um, unless the Lord returns in the meantime. And that's part of this hymn, but it's not in a somber or a morbid kind of way. It's a, it's present. It is a thing. But it's it's something where we say we don't have to be afraid of it, and, and it's helped partly by the tune, and and I think for all of those reasons, this makes a perfect funeral hymn. It's it makes such a great funeral hymn. So, um, let's go back to the catechism. I'll I'll ask the question. You you no 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 I won't I won't put you on the spot. I'll ask the question and and give the answer. What benefits does baptism give? It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. Our hymn writer, Erdmann Neumeister, um, treats these things in, this, in the answer to this question, treats them stanza by stanza. 
So uh, in stanza one, God's own child, I gladly say, I am baptized into Christ. How are you defined? You are defined by your your Christian baptism, your Trinitarian baptism into Christ, so much so that you say it every stanza. And you, you don't just sing it. You sing it with an exclamation mark. I am baptized into Christ. I have this. I don't need anything else. I don't have to worry about that. I have everything. I am baptized into Christ. Stanza two, we have sin. So what benefits does baptism give? It works for forgiveness of sins. So here we go, right in order. And I love how the hymn writer does this, and Pastor Falter does it the same way in his translation. We address sin. We don't just talk about sin. We're looking at sin with a smile and saying, disturb my soul no longer. I'm baptized into Christ. I have comfort even stronger. Jesus cleansing sacrifice. Should a guilty conscience seize me? Since my baptism did release me in a dear forgiving flood, sprinkling me with Jesus' blood. Now, next in technically in the order of the in the catechism, we have rescues from death and the devil. It would go death and then devil. But um, here, I like how we switch the order just a little bit. We address the devil first and then death. Um, and before, remember how uh, in the previous hymn, I said I liked how we have death and life. Here, I like having death in that penultimate position. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in, in, in stanza five, we, we, do, we, we do get life. So I, I like that little bit of just tiny little deviation from the catechism. But stanza three, I think, is many people's favorites. Um, there aren't very many hymns where we address Satan directly. There aren't very many. Um, what is it? Um, 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 Jesus has come and brings pleasure eternal. We say, Satan, you wicked one, own now your master. When we do, we have a lot to say. And the words, the, the words come directly from, directly from Christ. The, the, this, we, would have nothing, we, we, would, we would have nothing to say except that we are baptized into Christ. And so, so we, 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 can, we can say with, with confidence and a smile, a smile on our faces what, what we say in stanza three. Well, it's so emphatic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's something like it's like you are punctuating the meaning of this, yeah. and you know, it's just it's very firm. It's great. It's it's more than confidence. It's more than hope. It is it is eternal certainty with which we say it. Satan, hear this proclamation. I am baptized into Christ. Drop your ugly accusation. I am not so soon enticed. Now that to the font I've traveled, all your might has come unraveled. And against your tyranny, God, my Lord, unites with me. God is united with me. Satan can't do anything. Not even death. Death, you cannot end my gladness. I am baptized into Christ. When I die, I leave all sadness to inherit paradise. Though I lie in dust and ashes, faith's assurance brightly flashes. Isn't that great? That's that's really cool English. It really is. Baptism has the strength divine to make life immortal mine. And then, what is that life immortal? 
stanza five, there is nothing worth comparing to this lifelong comfort sure. Open-eyed, my grave is staring. Even there, I'll sleep secure. Though my, though my flesh awaits its raising, still my soul continues praising. I am baptized into Christ. I'm a child of paradise. It was so great. Yeah. It's so great. It's fantastic. So, um, yeah, like I said, with, with, with this hymn, with all, all the baptism hymns and ba- baptismal life hymns, you should, you, you should, and, and, and we should, and can be singing, singing them all the time. Um, baptisms for sure, but, uh, funerals too. So I, I, uh, I made a quick list to, to wrap up. When should we be singing baptism hymns? So number one, baptisms. Um, two, baptism of our Lord, that, you know, that, that time of year. How about during Lent? If baptism is a daily contrition and repentance, Lent specifically is a time of renewed repentance and devotion on the word. Um, I, I know in, in um, some have the practice of like working their way through the baptism hymns dur- during dur- during Lent as part of devotions or, or, or you know, maybe even the Sunday service. I, th- I think that's a really great thing. Um, funerals, number four, funerals, of course, we talked about that. And um, as part of our daily devotions, if... I was I was waiting for yeah. you to get to the, the short answer is any day that ends in Y. Any, any day that ends in Y, that's right. Um, I think they make great morning hymns, uh, great beginning of the beginning of the service hymns. But earlier we were talking about that cycle and how it repeats in the, uh, the daily. Yes, any day that ends in Y, and especially especially with with our with, with our daily devotions. So there's a, a quick uh, rapids tour of <laughs> right, right along the rapids tour of baptism hymns. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for showering us with your knowledge of hymns today. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, as always, Peter, it's great to have you on. It's it's fun to hear you bring these hymns to life. And, you know, we, we've talked about it before, but the hymnal is not just for Sunday mornings during worship. Right. Get it out. Keep it, keep it nearby. Grab it. Use it for daily devotions. And just kind of watch for the themes. You'll see them. Yep, exactly. Yeah, keep, keep, keep your eyes open. You'll see them. Absolutely. Um, if our listeners want to go deeper into the hymns, the, the LSB Companion of the Hymns is a great resource. Uh, we have several other great resources on the CPH website that really um, feature the rich hymnody that we have in our in our faith. So to go check those out, and we'll link to some of those in the show notes. Peter, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. All right, listeners, till next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Concordia Publishing House podcast. I pray that this time was valuable to your walk with Christ. We'd love to connect with listeners on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Concordia Pub. Visit cph.org for more resources to grow deeper in the gospel.